0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Locked on Cavaliers. I'm Chris Manning, your host from FearTheSword.com, and this is your daily look at LeBron James and the rest of the always interesting Cleveland Cavaliers. On today's show, I'm joined by John Corrales, one of the hosts of Locked on Celtics. It's a great Celtics podcast you should be listening to in this series and beyond, To talk about Game 2, Game 3, J.R. Smith's non-suspension. In case you missed the news, he won't be suspended for Game 3. And what comes next and where we think this year's is headed. Uh, Be sure to find the pod on Twitter and Facebook at Lockdown Cavs. Me on Twitter and Facebook at CWMWrites. And if you missed the draft podcast that came out uh, the night of Game 2, I would highly recommend going back and listening to my chat with Trevor Magnotti. He's a draft expert that writes for Fear of the Sword and writes for The Step Back. Go check out that show and, and get a primer on what's coming for the Cavs on the draft front. We'll have a lot more with Trevor in the coming weeks as he writes about the draft and we get an idea of what the Cavs are thinking when the season does end. But it's going to be a fun show. Be back on Friday with another show, the recap on the weekend. But uh, here's today's show with John Corrales, one of the hosts of the great Locked on Celtics podcast. You are locked on Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland
1: Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Chris, so here we are, Celtics up to nothing. I don't know how many people expected this, Uh, if they did expect this, didn't expect go this well for, for Boston so let's get the Cleveland perspective for our, I want to know what what you what have you seen in the first couple of games here that 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 Boston's done well and you guys haven't
0: I think for the Cavs you're seeing some of the things that did not work for them in the Indiana series I think have really come back to a, a higher degree right like I was talking to Chris Barnwell from CBS about this uh, in, in an off podcast chat and G um and one of the things like when you think of, we're talking about toronto and it's like toronto is this team that like looking back it looks really bad that they were not able to take advantage of some of these things right but then yeah. i <laughs> yeah Seriously. like poor like <laughs> dwayne casey i'm sorry my guy but um you got to do better but you think about like how boston is built they're not playing one guy who is a defensive liability, right? Like, even J- Jalen, uh, J- I mean, Jalen Brown's obviously great, but Jason Tatum is a rookie. He's not, he's not been a liability, right? Like, he's not been someone the Cavs can hunt down and attack. In Toronto, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is a worse defender, right, than anyone Boston is is playing in this series, right? There's not anyone for the Cavs to hunt, Against Indiana, it was somewhat the same thing. Or like Kevin Love had tough matchups with with Thad Young. Um, Bojan Bogdanovich did a fantastic job, as well as you could ask him to do against LeBron. You know, Collison uh, was was a solidish defender, right? Like there was not they picked on Sabonis, but that's like one guy. Like Boston just doesn't have that guy. Like Marcus Morris, to his credit, has done a great job um, on LeBron. Like he's 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 fought. They've thrown all these bodies at him. And and th- that to me speaks to a lot of it. Just the athleticism and that defensive ability there. They're they're not taking the the hawk strategy under Boone holes or where it was. Well, we're gonna like let LeBron pass and he's also gonna score. It's like no, you're gonna work. You're gonna work on the defensive end, and that that starts that kind of a trickle down effect of everything that's gone wrong. And then you just look at what they're doing with the length, with uh, the type of the Marcus Smart pick-and-rolls that were really big in Game 2. They throw all these different wrinkles at the Cavs, adjust on the fly, uh, throw different looks at the Cavs, throw things that confuse them to a team that is, not, frankly, not very adaptable. To me, just what what Boston is, even without Kyrie, even without Gordon Hayward, they're, I mean, I would say they're, they're second- and third-best players, they're first- and third-best players, however you want to include them with Horford when they're awfully healthy. They are just doing what Boston does, and it's just something this Cavs team that looks kind of not together. That has not, frankly, was not together long. It, it just has just all these different issues. Doesn't really know what works. Has a lot of guys that are sort of good at one thing and not good at other stuff, or just aren't good. It, it just is. It's just the the right anecdote for them. It's it's it speaks to like what this Cavs team's deficiencies are around a guy who, you know, in theory, like if you were gonna build a team around LeBron, like, you would want them to be able to do this multidimensional identity and have that. This team just doesn't have it, and a team like Boston that can throw all these different looks at them, pick them apart in different ways, adjust on the fly, it just speaks to, like, what this Cavs team, like, is is lacking at this point in time.
1: Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. Um, It's real interesting that these guys that were supposed to be, I guess, Antidotes for the problem that this Cavaliers team had starting the season are doing a lot of the same things that those guys were doing. And now I didn't buy into after the trade. Like after the trade happened, you guys came into Boston and just destroyed us on Paul Pierce night. I'll
0: just and real quick. I wanted to shout out Jason Tatum. Because when he makes threes in this series, I don't know if you've noticed this. And I tweeted a picture of this. If people can find it in my in my media on Twitter, Jordan Clarkson in that game did this three-point celebration that LeBron mimic, where he ran down the court with his, uh, with like the three symbol over his elbow, with his tongue out, like celebrating. He, yeah. J- J- Jason Tatum has not like gone full out on this, but when he's made, I don't I don't know if he's doing this on purpose. <laughs> But he does it like he does a version of this and looks at the Celtics bench and like looks around the court when he has like made three pointers in this series. It is like some excellent like I do. I, I need someone to like um Jared Weiss or or checking or anyone out there that's ask, like I, th- I he to me it seems like just so obvious that he's trolling and I hope he is because it's it's excellent trolling. It is it is grade a NBA petty that I, I am here for.
1: All right. Let me let me go down this road just for a little bit before I get back to my point. I have noticed, I haven't said this on any other podcast yet, I have noticed a new attitude a little bit from Jason Tatum. I think from the beginning of the season, where he was this reticent, young, 19-year-old with obvious skill that was pressed into service and started every game after the, the Gordon Hayward injury, and we watched him defer all season and take nine shots and, you know, score efficiently and be a top-notch, leading the NBA in three-point shooting type of threat. I've seen that guy grow. And this postseason, I think because he knows now that he has to be one of the guys to go do something, He's been not only more aggressive, not only more willing to take that shot. I've seen him take time on the floor to direct other guys. Or when he wanted to clear out and he didn't get it fast enough or he didn't get it at all, he would be upset. And that's not something I've seen from him. And so to your point, to see him kind of get that kind of trolling out, uh, not surprising. Like, for example, he went to just completely annihilate Joel Embiid on a dunk in the last series, and the cameras caught him. He missed the dunk. He got fouled. He missed the dunk. Cameras caught him turning to Embiid saying, you got lucky. Twice. So this kid's growing up, like, before our eyes, and I'm definitely seeing that level, a little bit of an edge already in him, which I love because all season long at the beginning of the season, Anyway, he's been kind of like, hey, look, Al's here, Kyrie's here. I'm going to take whatever overflow, like, you guys eat and I'll get the leftovers. Like, it's like lions. The, the, the leader of the pride comes over and eats the kill first. And then the rest of the pride comes in and is like, all right, I'll take whatever's left over. And he was like, kind of like the little cub coming in, like, I'll just get this little scrap right here and I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll let you guys eat. Now he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm eating now. My turn. And it's been fun to watch. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there trolling like that. He would never admit to it, by the way. And we could all ask him that question. He'll never, ever admit to that
0: yeah it's it's awesome to see rookies develop like that I, I it's one of those things where I, I his facial reaction to me would would be the the indicator of whether he's he's doing the trolling or not because if, if he if you catch him with it it's one of those questions where he might smirk and they'd be like no I've never do that but that's funny but it's like okay we I, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying here like I get that you're throwing it back there because like look he's not you know he wasn't around for these other playoff series but um it's not I'm sure there I'm sure considering you know he's he's went to the same college as Kyrie is playing with Kyrie was there with Tatum last year Al, Al Horford has history with the history with the Cavs I'm sure it's not exactly um you know I'm sure it's 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 got to feel good for him even if it's not he doesn't have that personal history to to, to be doing what what Boston's doing to the Cavs but to, well let's get back to your original point before I, I sidetracked us
1: no that's fine so what what I'm looking at here with the Cavs is a Obviously, a bunch of guys who are making uh, poor decisions, completely getting lost, defensively, just a complete dumpster fire. I mean, it's just really, really bad. But they were a dumpster fire before the trade deadline flurry that brought in all of those guys and that got LeBron to say, hey, we got a squad now. So you guys came in and you waxed Boston on Paul Pierce night with a lot of athleticism. A lot of guys that were moving and maybe still not playing great defense, but active. And part of the whole thing of with that trade where, I mean, I wasn't going crazy thinking like, Oh my God, they're so good now. But I was saying they're athletic now. And at the very least they won't be old and decrepit now, but here they are looking like, like the same calves that started the season. So is that, a systemic thing? Is that Ty Lu? Is that guys just, is that playing with LeBron and they just don't know how to play with LeBron? So everybody's confused and maybe a little ornery. Uh, and and on top of that all, we still haven't seen a ton of Larry Nance. Uh, Rodney Hood has been, uh, and so I don't know, probably not going to see a ton of yeah. him. Uh, it's uh, kind. Jordan uh, it's, it's kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was, he was good. Well, he, he was better in game one. So he has at least some shown some ability here, but he, he's just been... I, I, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, now. Well. Clarkson was horrible in game one. Like, but look, Clarkson, Osman, uh, Hood, Nance, and those are your guys. That was Hill. Those were the guys that were supposed to save the season. And only George Hill is getting any kind of burn. The Celtics, I think, would be a little more susceptible to a wild flying athletic team if the Cavaliers are just sitting there saying, screw it, we're going to try to outscore you, why not have the athletic guys in the in the offense that can at least play off the of LeBron, instead of going LeBron and four shooters, go with LeBron, LeBron and four slashers and just pick, 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 and see if you can get somebody to make a mistake, go back door for an alley pick and roll these guys to death, do something, force that defense to make more rotations. I mean, the Celtics defense has been awesome, but the more of those guys, the longer you play defense, it's the, the worst it's going to get. It's going to start to break down. It's like football. You can only cover a guy for so long. Even the best D-backs can cover a wide receiver for so long before he breaks free. Why not just milk the clock, just cut, 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 do all that stuff and see if you can find somebody and use that athleticism to tire the Celtics out. They're thin. They're, they, their depth has been sapped.
0: I think I think that is a fair question. Um, the the two things I would I would say that that um, I, I would caveat here is number one, you did see a version of this in game two. It's not something we're going to talk about moving forward if this the season ends for the Cavs. But Kevin Love, if you look at his success in game two. He was awesome cutting off ball and, and running the floor um, and, and moving around and getting different looks where he was, the, the Celtics looked one way at LeBron and then he cut back door or he he popped out. He, they did a really nice job with him and Korver as well and running sets where it was LeBron and the Celtics had to pick basically between, let's say, for instance, Korver rolling towards the hoop and Love popping out. There's these there's these sets that tie loot to his credit in a game that he was just flatly outcoached, at least did that correctly. um. I would say also Jetty should not be lumped in with those guys, um, with the guys that came over in the trade for, because one, he's a rookie. Number two, he was not really viewed in that way. And now you like, it, it's something I need to do on unlocked on calves and discuss like what happened after the the Dwayne Wade trade. Cause they said, okay, we're going to, you know, clear out Dwayne. So Jetty can play and it didn't happen. I think there, there's something there, but running through those guys, Hill, I think has been like, as you pointed out, he's been fine. He's been essential to, to when they've been competent. Nance has not, Nance had a hamstring injury into the uh, regular season. I do not think he's been the same since. I'd have to, to uh, run the numbers to to really quantify that, but I don't think he's been the same since. I think he he has not been able to also establish a rhythm ever since the they went away from him in in the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, to look at Hood. Look, he's he's been awful for for rounds. He's <laughs> been uh, he has not been good since he had a back injury at the end of the regular season, uh, and and for me, the, the two plays that I think really caught two plays he was directly involved in that cost the Cavs in game two, end of the third quarter. Uh, there's a Reteroagir hit a three pointer with it's like 44 seconds to go. Rodney Hood, I don't, I don't know exactly what went wrong with the defense because there should have been one other guy on that side of the floor. But what Hood should have cl- rotated, he, he cl- rotated to the right guy on top, and then when the ball got swung to Rozier. He needed to make that extra rotation and then did not do it. Uh, it just stood there like looking at him. Inexcusable. Starts the fourth quarter with an with an ugly turnover that leads to an easy bucket or two free throws for Semi Ojeley uh, that ended up being pushing that lead to nine points killer he he's just not done anything good frankly um and then jordan clarkson didn't play in game uh for me clarkson just does not they they do not trust him to to be a ball handler they do not trust him to basically be a point guard and he just kind of has point guard size um all the fears that you should, that people should have had about him in, in coming over to the cavs i think ha, are having sort of realized and and Ty just can't play him without Hill or LeBron on the floor with him and, and both have their limitations and, and, and it it's a it's a problem. I agree with you though. I think you know love at the five is something that I would I would do a little bit more of, especially when when they're playing Baines or Monroe. Um, I think you know I think Nance and Thompson have their value and, and Nance can be vertically spaced, but there's limitations there, obviously. Um, Jeff Green should not be playing this much. I would be playing Osman over Hood at this point. He at least cuts, plays defense, uh, will run the floor well. But I think you're right. I think there's something to the idea that they need to cut and focus in on offense. The, the question is, you know, with the, the lack of cohesion, with the the other just limitations this group has and just some of the deficiencies these guys have, you know, what, how high does that actually raise your ceiling in the series? I, I don't know. Um, I don't really know, and I and I think it's fair to wonder what what that that could have that could actually yield.
1: So, I'm going to go back to that play where Rozier hit the three. I'm looking at it right now, and it it brings me to a point about LeBron and LeBron on defense, and LeBron as the leader of this team. So everybody's kind of taking LeBron's lead, right? Like he's the head of the snake, as people like to say, and he's. I don't think it's a a a dirty little secret to say he's not playing the level of defense that he has in the past. And it's not to say that it's, it's his fault. He's been in the league for what, 15 years. His, his combined playoff numbers are on par with guys who are retired. He's currently at somewhere around Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant level combined regular season and playoff minutes. And he's still out there playing this well. Which is amazing. So that, that's amazing. But at the same time, I wish I could remember who said this on, on one of the – I listen to so many podcasts. It, shit, it might have been you for all I know. The LeBron is playing like a guy who needs to go 40 miles on 30 miles
0: worth of gas. And I did not say that, but that's smart, And so I'm going to take credit for it.
1: It, it. It's not – and I, I can't take credit for it. I wish I could remember who said it because I want to give credit for it. But that is the best way that I can see it, the best way it can be said. Because he's he's got to be running on fumes to some degree. He went out in that first quarter and just smacked the Celtics. Uh, that's an entirely different thing. But in this, on this particular play, I think it's more LeBron's fault. Because what ends up happening is Tatum passes out of a triple team. I think LeBron is just kind of, He's sagged off of I don't know who he started with, but Horford is in the lane. He had cut behind Tatum because Tatum had been further out trying to back down Corver. Horford tried to cut like on Kevin Love to try and get like a backdoor pass. Spacing is actually pretty bad. So but in the lane, you've got Love on Horford, Corver defending Tatum. Jeff Green with the step one foot in the lane trying to guard you know, sort of guard Marcus Smart. He's he's playing actually Marcus Smart well. You, you're you're willing to give up that shot. And then there's LeBron at the bottom of the jump circle, just there. Who is, who is he supposed to be guarding? And so Tatum sees Marcus Morris shoot up. Rodney Hood goes up to Morris at the top. And then Morris finds uh, Rozier on the sideline. Hood's got no chance. Nobody, LeBron is the guy that doesn't have anybody. So my point here is, that Hood. I'm I'm certainly not letting Hood off the hook because he has been horrible. But when we look at this bad Cavs team, LeBron is taking these chances. I think you can say he's trying to make a play, but in trying to make a play, he sold out the rest of his players and he's left the guy completely wide open Rozier is out there on the side in, uh, right at the, the break with nobody within 10 feet of him. And he obviously drills the three. So I guess my question is, is it, I, I don't want to say, is it LeBron's fault? But I feel like these guys are kind of like taking LeBron's lead. Like, well, if he's not going to go and do this, then we're certainly not going to go bust our ass. Because he's not, if Hood says, I'm going to sell out this way and Rozier just gets it back to Morris, there's zero chance. LeBron, is, his body, is his momentum, he's not doing anything. Morris would have had the open three. So I feel like part of what's happening there is LeBron, because he's trying to do what he does, and he's taking these chances, and whatever, whatever, his defense has dipped at the half court, and it's taking everybody down with him and it just feels like everyone has just given up the idea of defending and it's just let's let's maybe try to sell out on the offensive end and that's not even working either but the problem here to me and i've been saying this a bunch the the cavaliers have now put them in a position where themselves in a position where if they're not hitting their shots early if, that, if they're not building up a 25 point lead then they're screwed because they don't have the defense to fuel a comeback they're not going to get two three four stops in a row and go on runs it doesn't feel like at least not against the celtics
0: i think you're right about that i think the thing with lebron it's not really a, a dirty secret to, to or maybe not talked about it enough is the best way to put it that he would really like not to have to be on ball all the time at this point I, like, I think this team it's why hill matters it's why they could really It's why jose calderon was was useful for this team this season They they need someone to to really step out uh, and help him kind of <laughs> trade a little bit. I think they missed that on this group with this group. But and it does still for LeBron. Like even when all of these other people are problematic and and guys aren't playing well and like right, Hood does make a mistake there and he's been bad. It does ultimately come for LeBron and yes, like he, he is it is not like it is not like his fault per se that they are losing this series. But like he is gonna take the brunt of this. Um and you know I it, when his It'll be. It's not a conversation I think we can have now or should have now. But when he's been retired for a little bit and we look at this era of basketball, it'll be really interesting to talk about how he built teams and what or how teams built around him. Um, I I think that's just going to be interesting case study to see like what works, what doesn't, around superstars because it is very short term. And you look at some of the other success stories. Obviously, Golden State had to have everything click into place. Boston really benefited from the from Billy King being off at his job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Philly obviously you took the Hinky Path, and, and Houston, obviously had a really really smart GM. All of these people had had plans for for LeBron. Ever since he went to Miami, it's been okay. What what gets me a chance to compete right now and go for a title right now? There's something to be said that that like sets you up in in the in in a shorter amount of time than it might. In other situations, or at least might feel this way that the that your window is just shorter as a result. And you know, I don't know. I, we cannot like look at this yet, and I think we need the the full scope of the data and the titles and who wins and what LeBron ends up doing next to to really evaluate this. But that that is my feel of this. And I think in in a one in a series like this, the fault lines that come from having to build the way the Cavs have built the the in season reset, the the going back to the mishandling of the Kyrie trade all the way up to you know getting isaiah who just was never healthy and is tweeting that he hasn't been healthy until like today apparently um <laughs> they, like and Jay Crowder not working all these things like it like that game is a culmination of, of that year of of mistakes and where we are right now it's just it it just is
1: well for the record i'd like to say i'm perfectly fine with the way the Kyrie trade went so uh... <laughs>
0: okay yeah uh, Kyrie's awesome um <laughs> <laughs> I, just uh, it's, it's, I had it's, to bust the balls. That's me playing to the audience. Look, he—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, a, its a as just like a sports fan. It's—it's it's a bummer to me that he's not playing in this series. Yeah, yeah. It kind of—it kind of sucks that like he is not getting this because like he, because like you 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 when you beat like the the LeBron law losing in the East matters most the first time it happens right. Yeah, and it kind of sucks that like Kyrie is not there to be the one to do it like even yeah. ev- even it's like it's not a, as a, not a Celtics fan like even like I it just like it just be like it would just like feel like a little more like like the knife gets twisted a little bit more uh and like if Kyrie like slips in like the calls LeBron kid or something like that because that like, apparently annoyed him or whatever like <laughs> like I like we're just missing like that layer to this like this is this like this is great if the Paul Pierce trolling as well um but like you're missing like that Kyrie factor and it kind of sucks
1: it does kind of suck.
0: Let's pivot here to
1: game three and games three and four. We're going back to Cleveland. And I personally expect it to go a little bit better for the Cavaliers. Uh, I think the thing that really sunk Cleveland in game two really was in the first quarter. Even though they won the second quarter, they that first quarter, I think they, they missed a gigantic opportunity. And what I've been saying is that like LeBron put his 21 points up in the first quarter. That's fantastic, obviously. But alongside him, Kevin Love scored two points. Tristan Thompson scored two points. George Hill scored two points. They scored 27 points in the quarter, and they were only up four after that. And when I saw that they were only up four, I said, they are in trouble. Because what should have happened was LeBron James scores 21. And the sheer gravity of him dominating the way he dominated would have forced so much attention on him that guys like Love would have had six points and George Hill would have had uh, six points and Corver would have had a couple of three. So instead of 21 and uh, six points for from the rest of the team, it would have been 21 plus. 16 or 18 points and you would have had a 37 39 point quarter somewhere in that range like when LeBron does what he did he needs to get the other guys if the that game is 38 23 going into the second quarter it's obviously a very different game and we've seen Boston come back from huge deficits I'm not saying that that was a lock but that would have forced a lot more adjustments from Boston. And I think if LeBron can maybe do something similar and come out with a huge opening punch, if they can get something out of those other guys and put up something north of 35 points in the first quarter, that makes it like that, that sets up the rest of the game and that could be the game that they win. If they don't, I feel like they're screwed if they don't.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think you're you're right that the 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 pressure is on the cast to make the adjustments. It is on 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 Ty Lue to to make adjustments. I mean, I'm gonna pull this up right now because I have to to point this out. Um, because Zach Lowe, because Zach Lowe is is very very good at his job and very smart and obviously <laughs> is gonna notice things that even like just notice really really smart things. He had a tweet. Uh, about this game uh, on on Wednesday it said lineup of hill Corver braun love Thompson played zero seconds last night if you are go- going to play big with love and TT you have to find a way to get to that group that is just like a fact that is a awful coaching like move by <laughs> by Tyloo. he was't like a out, fully out coach in this game it's just it's a huge referendum for for me on, on what he is as a coach um, was, was that performance I am very, very curious to see like what a further adjustment he makes. His, his one of his strengths to me as a coach is his in between game adjustments. So like, what does he do for this game? Who does he put in? For me, I would like to see Jetty. Um, I would I think No Clarkson remains a good thing. I, I I would I think Nance earned another shot based on just the, some of the little things he did do in game two. But you're right. Like this does start with LeBron. You look at the the Pacer series. Uh, the the thing that got them back after that bad game one was LeBron going nuclear. And then he started through that here. And then, you know, whether it was the, the hit to the head, whether it was just the exhaustion factor, whatever it is, like he could not keep that up. The other aspect is something I mentioned before is that like, Kevin Love has to be great. And I think getting him moving around and not making him a static guy that Boston can like trap or, or double or, um you know, get, get time to set against him. I think getting him moving around, getting Corver moving around will continue to be a success. And and J, if jr Smith is just not awful, that would that would help too. But let me ask you this: <laughs> Boston has obviously, um, it's been talked about at least, uh, you know, it, on the broadcast and whatnot that they're uh, they're a better team. They've been much better team at home. Like, is 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 there truth to that? And and if and if so, like, what what is different for them on the road versus versus playing at home in Boston?
1: I I think it's simple that they they just make more mistakes on the road. Um, the guys in. I don't want to oversimplify it, but the role players play better at home than on the road. And I'll look at Terry Rozier's numbers right here. Terry Rozier at home in nine games is averaging uh, 20 points per game, 5.8 assists uh, at one one turnover. Uh, on the road, oh, and he's shooting – 46 percent from the field 45 percent from three that's his home numbers on the road he's averaging 12.8 points shooting just a tick under 40 34 percent twenty-four and a half percent from three uh with basically his assist numbers and his rebound numbers don't change his turnovers are up just a tiny bit but and he's a minus 6.6 on the road and a plus 9.4 at home so that there is the epitome of the difference between home road Celtics. Uh, if Rozier can, and we even saw it in last night, in uh, game in game two, first half, Terry Rozier was not great. Terry Rozier in the first half was, let's see, uh, two points on one of four shooting. And then he went out in the third quarter and we saw him just completely take over, go full scary Terry, and give them 14 points on five of eight shooting. So that burst does doesn't happen necessarily on the road. And that performance that you saw when and the Celtics fans were saying it, they need Rozier to play better. And during the first half, they needed Rozier to play better if they're going to have a chance. And once he did, the Celtics took the lead. There there's been a, that's been few and far between. Those performances have been few and far between on the road for Rozier. So if, if, he's, if he's having that type of performance, Marcus Morris, similar, uh, Marcus Smart, a little similar, those guys are, are struggling a little bit more on the road. So there's definitely something to that. Uh, so we'll see. If, if, they, if they do not perform up to even close to their home numbers, they're gonna, Celtics are going to really struggle.
0: So as we look at this series, um, it's something you and I touched on as we were prepping for the show, but I mean, these first two games, based on what we've seen, I think uh, I at least picked it Cavs and six coming in. I don't know what you picked, but this didn't feel like a series that was going to feel so over early to some degree. After these first few games, looking at what's to come, I mean, I don't feel we're like we're, unless the Cavs significantly look better and re- rebound from where they were, it does not feel like to me like this is going to be a long series. Where do you stand on it?
1: Well, I came in picking Celtics in six because I, I did feel like the matchups, aside from LeBron, who's never lost the matchup, I felt like the other matchups favored the Celtics basically across the board. Uh, Horfer has been amazing. And the question that I've always had was not who guards LeBron, but who does LeBron guard? Because that means if he's guarding Tatum, then somebody's got to guard Jalen Brown. And if he's not guarding Jalen Brown, then you get the first quarter of game two. And if he is guarding Jalen Brown, then you get the second quarter of game two, where Tatum was doing his work. So however that works out, I still think the Celtics have the advantage. Uh, I do feel like that game three will start much more heavily in the Cavaliers' favor. And if the Celtics get caught up in trying to silence what I expect to be a very, very wild crowd, if they get caught up in that, then they'll, they'll probably lose big um if they play more discipline and keep doing what they're doing they they can escape and and maybe win game 3 uh or at the very least make it a close game if it's if it's a close game 3 then i think the Celtics can close it out in 5 because it shouldn't be a close game 3 this is and i don't know i mean in talking to you, I feel like there's a, a tiny bit of resignation going on because I think Cavs fans, and tell me if I'm wrong, sit there and look at this team and say, it doesn't matter if you beat, if even if you come back and beat the Celtics, you're looking at the Western Conference Finals and saying, look at what we got to face. Like, there's just a buzzsaw. Why, why would you be excited to go face that? So I, I feel like there's a little bit of resignation, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of Cavs fans that are sitting there saying, this is our last opportunity potentially to have LeBron on our home floor. And if he does leave, we want to have like a big send-off." That That's my outsider's take. So I feel like the beginning of game three is going to be so wild. And I think the guys, the your role players, I think George Hill and, and, Maybe Jeff Green, those guys that are been kind of iffy, maybe Rodney Hood, maybe, are are gonna feed off of that and kind of at least play to the crowd a little bit. And if they can do that, and the Celtics kind of wilt a little bit, if they just make a couple of mistakes, then then the the Cavs can and should should run away with it. But again, if if you have all of those elements and you can't run away with it, then that makes game four really, really difficult because that you're not going to get that same juice in game four that, that to, to go through another street fight, even if you win by five and it's just a tough, tough slog. I just don't see that team having enough to win three out of the next four games after that. So it really all hinges on, on game three. If that, if the Cavaliers can blow the Celtics out in game three, then they this could be a, a situation where the home team holds court and it goes seven and we'll see. Uh if they can't, then I think this could be over in five games. Six tops.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think game three is gonna tell us a lot about about what is uh, coming for the Cavs, I think that if how they look, what kind of adjustments they make, well how they just if they look rejuvenated or not with that time off if they make some adjustments. You know, but they haven't you know we haven't seen you know any media comments from anybody since uh since the game as we record this, but they're gonna talk Thursday, so you know on Fridays Locked on Cavs will have some um, you know, reaction to that. But it just feel it hasn't even like got it really got a chance to like dawn on the fact of what like that that like game four could be you know lebron's last like it's it could be the last time he plays in cleveland before his decision the last time i mean it's just there's so much that's going to go into these next couple days from saturday to, to to i think game two game four would be on monday it, there's so much that is going to happen, so much that's going to be discussed and, and talked about during all of this This whole conversation. Um, the one thing we do know about Game 3 is that, and we're going to touch on this just real quickly, because J.R. Smith is not suspended for this game. Uh, I I mean, I, you and I, I know based on your tweets, if anyone has seen them, that you f- <laughs> firmly believe he should have been to, ejected. I agree that it should have been a flagrant too. Uh, you know, I, I, we made the joke that, <laughs> and Twitter has made the joke that it's better almost for Boston if he does play because he's been so bad and he'll probably be better at home but whatever i it just it's a it's a little i don't i maybe it's just because it's a flagrant one call i haven't had a chance to like exactly fully read up on this and i don't i probably don't really think it matters that much but it's it frankly jr probably should be suspended for this game and it's i don't really have a good argument to understand why he he's didn't get called for flagrant two and then um you didn't get suspended as a result
1: i don't know i don't know um it bothers me a lot it really bothers me a lot uh and i just I, I don't understand how people in those positions don't under, don't get how dangerous that play really was that it doesn't take much when a guy is jumping up and forward to put a little push and i think the argument might be well he didn't push him very hard he just kind of a little little nudge um and he was fine he didn't get hurt but sheer luck Behind it is not the determining factor. He put his hands, and first of all, Jair Smith, repeat offender, repeat offender on dirty plays. Secondly, that push didn't need to be very much, and it didn't have to be full arm extension to push him through the stanchion. It was just simply a push in the small of the back when somebody's going airborne, and that is a very high uh, possibility of an injury. And I know because I had it happen to me, jumping and getting a push in the small of the back. And that can really mess you up for a long, long time. So I agree that J.R. Smith on the floor is much more advantageous to the Boston Celtics. And having him on the floor is more of a punishment to the Cavaliers than the Celtics. And I'm sure Ty Lu, there's a part of him who was probably like, you know, I kind of wish he was suspended because then I could play these other guys and then show him, like, hey, it's working. You need to sit. So, all that being said, though, I just feel like it's much more important to kind of put that message out there that that play is not okay. It's just, it's such a dangerous play. I, I it just, I hate it so much. It, it, beyond who it happened to or my team or somebody else's team. I, every time I see something like that happen, I, I cringe and it's disgusting to me. The fact that somebody admitted to doing it intentionally just it bothers me to an unbelievable degree. And I'm gonna stop talking about it because I, I I have to stop myself. Otherwise, I'll go forever. It's just I it it bothers me that much.
0: Yeah, I you know I don't blame you on that at all. But it's gonna be uh, an interesting game for or game three, an interesting game four after that. But. John, I mean, I just, uh, wrap I just, last question I have for you, what, what is your expectation for what, for what Boston, um, could like, if there, if there, is there anything you can see that they actually could be doing better based on what we've seen so far? Like, is there anything that you're like, okay, this is something that if they figure this out, that it, it's, it would spell doom for the calves.
1: Um, I think there are stretches where they kind of lose some focus and it's hard to do this for 48 minutes. Um. And they've, they've gotten away with it a little bit. Uh, there, there are some times where they, they kind of get a little too um, hero ball focused. Uh, they have a tendency to, when they find a mismatch, there's there's a difference between taking advantage of a mismatch and so trying to hunt, a you know, everybody trying to take advantage of their own individual mismatch. You know what I'm saying? So when... Marcus Morris gets the ball. It's like, oh, I can t- I can toast this dude. Yeah, maybe, but you taking 10 dribbles and finding a try to launch a contested mid range jumper, that's not exactly what we're looking for. And he'll do it, Terry will do it, other guys will do it. And what ends up happening is the Celtics get into a very much of a let's take turns kind of situation. It often happens when Al Horford is not on the floor. So um I think it's uh, imperative on them to not fall into that trap and continue to play a fluid ball movement style of play because, frankly, Cavaliers cannot defend that. And if you let the Cavaliers get away with standing around, then that's a big, big problem because chances are they're going to stand around anyway, and if the rest of the guys are moving, you're going to get open shots. It's not that... the Cavs won't stand around it's that you're going to let them stand around and and have that be okay for them so that's the one thing I think offensively for a team that that has struggled to score points they've gotten a lot better at it but that's the one thing I'd like to see a lot less of
0: yeah I think you're indicating right that it would uh, dispel doom for the Cavs. but game three Saturday in Cleveland I can't wait uh it's it's gonna be a a lot of tension and and a lot of I think anxiety for everyone on, on both sides watching this game but John um, are, you, are you feeling a Celtics three 0 lead, or are you feeling a, a, the Cavs take Game Three?
1: I, I'm gonna play it safe here and say that I think the Cavs take Game Three. I just this they have to, they have to. Like, this, there's just no they have. to. What do you think?
0: I have no idea. Who who knows? <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna like just just uh, watch the game. I'm gonna just take it as it comes in, and I'm just I'm just gonna expect nothing because I, I I just find that predicting what what is gonna happen with the Cavs um, really is is not is not a smart strategy. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it and see how it goes. I thought they were like in a good position in game two, and then the third quarter happened. So take it, it. Sometimes that doesn't even matter if they start off well.
1: So, so am I right to think? That, I mean, I see I can hear the resignation in your voice now. Like are you just you're just ready to.
0: Oh, I, I think they I think they're, they're going to lose this series at this point. Um, yeah, it's it's just I've wondered this for a while. Like, what, what the what the the what would it take to beat this team? I I just think like what I just don't know what exactly their counter is going to be if if ties the coach to make those type of counters. Just the type of what would it take to come back from two zero and the and the even with LeBron. To me, just. I just I need to see it happen for me to to do this. This is just not the same group that came back from three one. Um, there's a lot of miles in these guys. There's just a lot of different holes on this team that I don't know how you you hide them. So for me, I, I just think we're we're closer to this being over than we are just the cast coming back. That just seems like a far more likely outcome at this point based on on what we know about this cast team. Just this Boston is very equipped to to bring this full circle is very, very well equipped to pick apart the holes on this Cavs team. And I, I don't know what the Cavs is counter will be to that other than they just have to like impl- implement their identity. But how far does that really get you? I just, I just don't know.
1: I don't know either. I <laughs> just don't know. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, look, yeah. this has been fun. Uh, I, at the same time, hope that this series is over quickly,
0: but at the same time, I would love to speak to you again about stuff because we've always had fun (laughs) these these, yeah these teams will be connected one way or the other i think going forward so i'm sure this will not be the the last time the (laughs) last time we're chatting all right man thanks cheers